Welcome to The Intersection, the podcast about artificial intelligence and healthcare. Hi everybody, welcome to the episode 4 of The Intersection. In this episode we discuss an article recently published in Science entitled Dissecting Racial Bias in an Algorithm Used to Manage the Health of Populations. So let's start with a brief summary of, of the article. Um, as you may know, health systems currently rely on commercial prediction algorithms to identify patients with complex health needs. The study in particular looks at one specific algorithm that is currently employed to make medical recommendations for around 10 million of Americans. The main finding of this article is that the algorithm is racially biased. In other words, given two patients with the same health needs yet different race, the algorithm consistently provides different estimates. This comes from the fact that the algorithms are constructed on healthcare cost prediction rather than actual health. And in the following, we are going to dive a little bit more and try to understand why this is the case and how we can maybe fix it. So Jean, uh, can, you, can, we, can you provide us with a little bit of background about the clinical aspects of this study? Sure, yeah. So uh, hi, everyone. So socioeconomical disparities may seem trivial uh, when you do not really think about it, but they actually have huge consequences on health. For example, if we take a simple, uh, simple example of lung cancer, we can estimate that approximately 59% of lung cancer deaths for people aged 25 to 74 uh, could have been averted by eliminating, simply eliminating these disparities. This comes from the fact that patients from less favored socioeconomical conditions have poorer health, uh, less access to treatments, uh, and also have worse outcome. So measuring health status can, can be very complex because there are many confounding factors and biases. In that regard, comorbidity scores have been created to reflect health status in a more neutral manner. For example, if you have an history of diabetes, high blood pressure, renal failure, cholesterol, or anemia. So, if you think about it, if an algorithm is trained on biased levels, healthcare costs in this example, can, it, this could have extremely dramatic consequences. By overestimating the health of any given specific demographics, the system could actually lower the access of that particular demographic to the care that they actually need. So this data and these labels uh, should be very carefully chosen and examined before you actually use it to train uh, an artificial intelligence, especially in healthcare. Okay, so in that case, what is actually wrong with that algorithm? Well, this is a very good question and the answer is actually not trivial because depending on the angle under which you assess this algorithm, you might say that it's wrong or that it's right. Let me clarify what I mean by this. This algorithm has been trained to predict the future healthcare expenditure of a future patient. In other words, given my current status today, how much am I expected to spend in the future for my health? And it turns out that the prediction of, this, of the algorithm regarding that metric is actually very accurate and not biased. So in other words, irrespective of your race, the accuracy of the model is the same, 
right? right? However, where the model becomes biased is when you look at it in terms of does it predict the amount of care that you need accurately? And this is where it becomes biased because the way that it predicts the amount of care that you need is not by having a separate model which is trained on how much care do you actually need. It's actually to use the same model and to say the more expenditure you are predicted to have, the more care you need. And this is where you have a bias because it turns out, and this is something that the authors discuss extensively in the article, depending on the, on the racial groups to which you belong, you might not spend the same amount on your health at the same level of sickness than members of a different racial groups. But from an ethical standpoint, as a health care provider, it seems right that what you will provide as a health um, as a health as a medical recommendation to a patient is actually not dependent on how much maybe money that person has or how much money this person will typically spend but rather on the amount of money that is right for the health condition of that patient so this model is wrong in the sense that um, the metrics that is used to train it has some sort of mismatch with the metrics that it for which it is kind of used in practice. The outcome is not the right one. Right, so so it's an issue of endpoint and it comes down to replacing health basically with the money that you have. Exactly. Or the money that you have, or to be maybe more precise, the money that you will spend on your health, Yeah, which which are related in some ways, but they are obviously more, uh, more involved factors. Um, okay, so... With that in mind, can you like expand a little bit the, the scope of this uh, discussion and maybe we can talk about bias in machine learning in a more general manner? Yes, so bias is an extremely important issue in, in machine learning and a lot of research is dedicated to studying bias and correcting for bias. So in this particular study, um, the bias really originates from uh, a mismatch between training metric and um, outcome. But there are multiple other sources of bias in machine learning, and most of them generally come from a bias data set. So let me give you maybe like a, a few examples to, to illustrate what I mean. The first one is that the ground truth that you use to train your model might be wrong. So for example, we know historically that gender disparity exist in salary. Therefore, if you were to imagine a scenario where the future decision of an employer of how much salary to offer to a new employee was based on a machine learning algorithm trained on existing data sets, it is very likely that it would result in offering a lower salary to women than to men. This is because the bias in the original data set will have been learned by the model that in turn becomes bias itself, and then using the model in a real-world setting would lead to perpetuating biased outcomes, which is dramatic. So this is a major issue in using machine learning for critical decision-making, since there is a dangerous risk of automating bias behavior, typically. Right, and in medicine that translates, for example, in the, um, I would say, inappropriateness of using retrospective data, for example, to train a machine learning model and say that 
that machine learning model has great performances and forgetting that it has been trained on retrospective data, which is very dangerous also. Exactly, yeah. retrospective data from the past has a lot of bias on its, in, on, on its own and is not necessarily the best ground to learn. Right, and, and maybe another bias that is actually pretty frequent is like the population distribution. Can you talk about it a, bit, a little bit? Definitely. So this is a different uh, example of having a biased data set. And it basically stems from having a case where different population groups are unequally represented. So as you know, the parameters of a machine learning model are learned to minimize the error on a validation data set that is often imbalanced, right? So an imbalanced data set is a data set that is composed mainly of individuals belonging to one majority group, characterized, for example, by gender, socioeconomic status, or race. And then a few other individuals belonging to minority groups. And the main idea here is that in the process of minimizing the error, the minority individuals naturally contributes less to the learning process since they are fewer in numbers, right? And so that means, for example, that the prediction of this model on that particular subset of the population will actually be wrong or have uh, worse performances, right? Exactly. And it with, so in fact, without addressing this issue, it is possible that you will build a model that appear very accurate despite being very biased in the sense that they are inaccurate on specific population groups. Right, so that means that when you interpret and when you read a study, you, you really need to keep that, in, keep that in mind because it means that if you report an overall result for a whole population, you might still have very, very bad results on a subset of that. So it, in medicine, it's actually pretty, pretty important to keep that in mind. Exactly, and we can put this in, into perspective, Jean. For example, let's consider um, a population, right? So let's assume you have a population um, with 90%, let's call it population A, and 10% and population B, right? So there is a huge right. imbalance with a group which is nine times more represented than the other one. If you have a model that is 99% accurate when conditioned on population A, but only 50% accurate when conditioned on population B. So in other words, it performs extremely well for individuals belonging to group A, but pretty bad for individuals belonging to group B. What will be the accuracy of this model when you average the accuracy over the entire population, right? Mixing both A and B and taking into account imbalance. Well, it's a simple algebra, um, it's a simple um, calculus you can make, and it turns out that the overall accuracy will be 94%, meaning that you have to be extremely careful with interpreting numbers, as you said. If you come to me and tell me I have an algorithm that is 94% accurate on this population, A plus B, I have no idea to know is it 94% when conditioned on B or not. And because of the imbalance, there is kind of a trick that is that it might not be at all, actually. Right, and it, it, this issue also touches on the bigger issue of reporting results. And I guess in medicine, in most studies, we always read about the sacred AUC, or right. Ariane does a curve for the AUC, uh, which is actually 
completely irrelevant for un, for imbalanced classes, which is very much the case in medicine in many, many yeah. contexts. So I guess that we need to do a better reporting and include beyond accuracy, beyond AUC, precision also and recall, and also the uh, precision recall average, which is a little bit the equivalent of uh, AUC, but for precision recall. And maybe even better than that, always include at least uh, as a supplementary file the confusion matrix just to see how well the model classifies the patients. Definitely. Because without this, it's almost impossible to give any good interpretation of a model that has been trained on an imbalanced task. That's right. One way to, to kind of think about what you just said is that the real-world data sets are stratified. They are often stratified in an imbalanced way and performance evaluation should reflect this. And yeah, performance sure. evaluation cannot be limited to a single number. Yeah. And there is actually a lot of, there is some work on this that actually shows that um, some published papers that report very good performance in average actually once condition on certain pathologies, for example, turn out to predict um, wrong outcomes. And I, I like to just add a point here, which is, uh, which is not quite about machine learning, but which is more about ethics, which is that at the end of the day, what this points to is what is the right metric, right? And what does that mean to build a fair algorithm, right? When you right. have, for example, a population which is in balance, um, is it fair that your algorithm would perform better for one group than for another? Uh, would you sacrifice the accuracy on a subpopulation group to get a better accuracy on another subgroup? Should you have separate algorithms? All of these questions are very real and in a way don't really belong to machine learning research um, in the computer science department, but really more uh, the, the movement that we see more and more of AI for good, right? And, and what does it mean and all of the ethical issues that go with it? Right, and m maybe just a, a simple example to better to get a better grasp of that issue is that we have whole early about the algorithm that like identifies melanoma, skin melanoma but these patients were mostly white people and it's very plausible that uh, the algorithm would have much much worse performances on black skins so that is, you're right a very important issue and we, need, we, we really need to tackle it and think about it I think that's right okay so we've seen in that particular paper the importance of looking at your data looking at your labels looking at the endpoint that you use to train your model and also looking at the matrix that you use to report uh, all these are extremely important and uh, sometimes they are clearly lacking in the current literature so I think it's really a very important message for today to try to think have a, a more global reflection on that exactly what this paper highlights is that there are many critical steps that are necessary beyond blind parameter feeding before being able to confidently deploy a machine learning model in the real world there is a lot of research on investigating bias how to eliminate it but in all cases uh, the first step is to identify the biases and this is what this paper was about identifying the biases in an algorithm used to manage the health of a large uh, population in America today 
All right. Well, that's it for today. Uh, we hope you liked this new episode. And, uh, well, you can follow us on social media. And we hope to see you next week. Bye-bye. Merci. This is The Intersection.